Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gods of all ages, welcome to the Midnight Mission. We're here to talk about another episode of Moon Knight, episode five, Asylum. And I'm joined by another, another newbie, uh, a newbie to this show, but a, a, a veteran of podcasting, a veteran of pop culture and of comics in motion. Uh, Dan, how are you doing? You all right, mate? Very good, very good, Scott. I'm so sorry for because we were supposed to do this like a couple of weeks ago. I said I'll do episode three, can't do episode three. I'll do episode <laughs> four, can't do episode four. So I've uh, my brain is absolutely been up my ass. So, but I'm here and I'm ready and I'm glad it's this one because yes. uh, because it, it's a doozy. Put it that way, it really is. Like they've been building to stuff, <clears throat> and because this show has taken like a hell of a turn, uh, and I'm I'm so glad they did. Um, and there's still more to do. I think there's, you know, we'll, we'll speculate at the very end. Mm. But as you say, like, you know, if this is episode five of six, we're on the penultimate episode. So it's all big, it's big stuff that we're going to get into. Mm. Um, but before we get into that, as you say, you've, you're five episodes in. What have been your thoughts on the show as a whole so far? I, I, um, so, so it started very strong for me. I love the, I, I like what they did with Stephen Grant. Obviously, it's not yeah. very in line with the comics. Um, and I like that he's kind of your in to all this weirdness. Mm. I think sometimes you can do that in a, like in a, in a crap way. Like you can do it, like, for example, the first Hellboy has that, that character in it, that agent. Yeah, the, the, of, so the entry point, your entry point. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think they do it very well in this. I like that all the kind of teasing and the, you know, the, you know, staying up at odd hours, not trying to go to sleep, all that sort of stuff. The working in the museum, I guess, kind of ties it into a lot of the other kind of supernatural characters as well. Like uh, I think, we, you know, Black Knight and Blade mm. are, are hinted to be coming. So that could maybe link into a potential supernatural superhero group, mm. uh, whatever, whatever name they decide to take. And yeah, I, I was really interested. I liked Oscar Isaac's take. Um, I I was I'm, I was always like, "What's next?" You know, I was always yeah. very very excited to see what they're going to bring to the table. I will say the second one I really enjoyed, and it was the most Moon Knight mm. we see in the entire series, really, which is a good and a bad thing for me. You know, um, mm. I, I, I believe that we need to have that time with Mark and Stephen to get to grips with all this weird and wackiness. Um, I like that they've sidestepped a lot of the Batman comparisons. I yeah, completely. Yeah. Because that's always the thing. It's like, oh, he's just a rubbish Batman. And it's like, it's not. He's, he's probably more like the shadow, if anything. Like with yes. All these agents and stuff. Um, and in these different personas and, and masks he wears. And I like I like that they've, you know, they've, they've gone deep into the kind of Egyptian heritage and the history. So, some of that I could do without, though. I do think they do hit you over the head sometimes with it a bit too much, a lot of the exposition. The third episode I thought was dreadful. I thought it was just atrocious. I, I just thought it was it was bland, it was boring, it was uninteresting. There's a lot of Layla in it, and I don't I don't I don't hate the actress, but I think she the character's just really poorly written, and it's just the chemistry's not there for me with her and her character and, and oh, okay. physics. That's just again, that's just my <clears> personal <throat> opinion. I've got it's just it, it's just not grabbing me. It's, I'm I'm kind of switching off every time I see her, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, that one that took a real dip for me. It became very much like a, a crap Indiana Jones. Like, oh, we're burying, we're we're digging in the wrong place. Oh, yeah. no. And then the next one was kind of a lot more of that. But then we get the twist that kind of leads directly into this episode. 
which I thought was like, yes, it needs this. <clears throat> and it almost is an apology for the last two episodes being so cliche and being a crap Indiana <clears throat> Jones because it's based off of a crap Indiana Jones kind of character. Um, and, and then we learn that he's in the asylum. We learn that he is a, a patient and all mm. the things he's experienced, even Layla and all the people he's met are within the asylum, which I kind of felt like we were going to get here at some point, a kind of a something like this. Um, but I'm so glad we did. And, and this episode is absolute. I think it's the best episode so far. I'm not going to bury the lead, but for me, yeah. It's it's fantastic. No, I agree. I think I think this has been um, a show of it sounds it sounds daft because it's clearly an episodic show, but like a show of parts. Hmm. Like I, I think the first two episodes are of a type, and then so like episode one and two are of a type. Episode two and three, sorry, three and four, sorry, are of hmm. a type, and then it takes another turn. So it's like every two episodes, this thing sort of takes a turn, hmm. um, and I, I kind of like that it does that. Um, I would disagree. I think that I think the, the Layla character actually kind of cool. I think they've sort of done yeah. her quite well. Um, but I, I do agree that some of the Indiana Jones elements have been a bit cheap. Not cheap. Do you know what I mean? They're sort of like they're, yeah. yeah, they're not they're not as. But I actually like to say the last episode in the tomb. Um, you know, we see Indiana Jones. I was thinking like the Mummy and stuff like mm, that. Like, yeah. The the legit sort of horror that it sort of introduced in the last episode. Yeah. Um, you heard someone, you didn't see it fully, but you heard someone being gutted on a, on a, mm. on a thing. I was like, all right, this is going to go places. And then obviously, like the ending, mm. I was like, well, all right, we're going to go there. And then obviously, it introduces Towerette. And you're just like, right, okay, this is going to be taking things like by the balls and just going mm. with it now. Um, it is interesting, isn't it? Because I think it's one of those that sort of like it keeps challenging viewers more so than I think. Um, any other of the of the, of the Marvel sort of TV shows uh, or the Marvel series in that because it's a new character, it could have played it safe. Like you say about the Batman comparisons, so, or you know the, the 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 Stephen Grant of the comics is the suave sophisticate who is the philanthropist and is the socialite and all that kind of stuff. And the fact that they've, they've sort of sidestepped all of that hmm. is pretty brave to introduce you to a character that's basically sort of. A bit, he's a klutz. He's, mm. you know, a little bit cowardly and all this other stuff. Like it feels kind of brave. And then to really sort of, you know, they've done something in the, the DID, and I think they do it relatively well. Mm. And then to sort of throw you into the whole thing with the Egyptian gods, like this show just keeps challenging. Like all the other ones sort of have a bit of a run up. Even Loki, Loki's weird, but like mm. you have a run up to it. So yeah, I think yeah, it's 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 kind of again. We're totally being introduced to this character. I, I do have this part of me that thinks because Oscar Isaacs hasn't signed on to any more as of yet, mm. that part of me is like, is it just going to be, you know, it, the whole thing was in his head? Like, that's the whole big twist that it's not part of the MCU. It's a separate Moon Knight. It's a separate universe, perhaps. Uh, or it's an, an imaginary thing. You know, he's seen the MCU and it's influenced his mm. the way his brain works and the creating of these realities and personalities. Um, could could it be that? But uh, it is it is brave, I think, and it does take risks. And I don't think they all pay off all of the time. Um, but I I do give it credit. I think Oscar Isaac's like I saw a tweet earlier and it was like I really love Oscar Isaac's chemistry with this other actor. 
the other actor is Oscar Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, like this episode alone, like he's acting against himself. You know, he's, and, and speaking as an actor myself, like acting in a vacuum can be very difficult and to get mm -hmm. that performance and that motion across. You know, if you're in a booth with, you know, headsets on and you're trying to deliver like a voice performance or something like that, it's tricky and it's hard and you have to really kind of, you know, build that image and, and that world for yourself to get into the character's shoes. And it's just, it's just a masterclass from him. He's, he is incredible in this episode, I have to say. No, I agree. It, it's one of those where, like, by the end of the episode, and, you know, as you know, guys, spoilers mm. ahead, so but yeah. we'll get into it. But by the end of the episode, you do sort of forget, oh, yeah, shit, this is one actor. <laughs> like, I was, yeah, you completely forget. Like, I'm like, mm. oh, no, I'm following Stephen and Mark, like, mm. their journey. Um, yeah, and I do. I think, I think he is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, um, I think, like, they have them on the screen together and stuff. And the, the, you said like the mannerisms, the way he holds himself. Um, he knows his characters well. And I, mm -hmm. I kind of like that, that he's obviously invested in these. You make good point. You make the point you made there about this not being technically in the MCU mm. is interesting because they've sort of skirted mentioning anything else. They do mention in this episode, um, the, like the black, they make a Black Panther reference, don't they, to sort of um, the fields of our ancestors or whatever they call it, which is where hmm. um, T'Challa sort of met his father and all that kind of stuff. But is that is that is that a direct reference or is that another kind of vague reference to afterlife? Because uh, yeah. Tarawet says, "Oh well, this is not the afterlife; it's an afterlife. It, there's yeah. multiple planes and realities of existence, multiple different afterlifes. You know, hells are different for each people." And yeah, and I love that. I love that. She's yeah. oh, there's no, cause, oh, I, I couldn't tell you how many uh, you know realms of consciousness there are for afterlife. So, um, so yeah, it's a reference, but like you say, it sort of skirts without saying, mm. um, you know, without saying, "Ah, it's the this is the one the Black Panther went to." So, like, you know, it's not in your face and, and black panther could could be kind of related as well because like they they worship bast who's like the panther god who is an mm. egyptian deity i believe yeah yeah so so it's not it's not without you know connection or or rhyme or reason so there's definitely if they wanted to connect those dots they definitely could yeah well because one of the things as well is that you know we are introduced to at least one god um we've obviously you know we've known conscious we've been introduced to another one today or say to this episode and one of the interesting things about all this, and I saw this come up the other day, is you, we're having uh, Thor, Love and Thunder coming out in mm -hmm. July, and that's about um, the God Butcher. Mm. Um, Spoil God Spo Butcher. Spoilers again, because I know some people are, 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 don't want to be spoiled with trailers and stuff, but okay, yeah, yeah. There, are, there are other gods potentially yes. being introduced or the pantheons potentially in that yeah film. so there's potentially that so that's what's in like, oh, potentially yeah there's that potential overlap there so i was curious about that it felt curious to me as a sort of like the timing and i was like oh interesting you know this is one of those sort of things it's sort of is that the realm they're going with all the gods and that sort of thing um so yeah so to, to sort of to step into this though but i would say as you say the, the, this episode I wanted them to have it, and I think we sort of predict, we sort of predicted it in an earlier episode. We said, "Oh, we're going to get a flashback episode. You know, we're going to have to have explanations about how he became Moon Knight and the origins of Stephen Grant." 
And so I was expecting it. I wasn't quite ready for this. Mm. Um, I, don't think, I don't think anybody has been I, from what I've from the reaction I've seen. Because again, like you, you, like we said, like you're you're fairly well. Well, you you probably read every Moon Knight comic going. Yeah. And I've read a good chunk of, of like the Doug Monk run, the mm. Charlie Houston, the the Warren Ellis. I know we don't talk about him anymore, but I, that's a that is a good run, uh, and a bit of the Jeff Lemire stuff as well. Uh, I think I read Vengeance of Moon Knight and some yeah. other stuff. Uh, Fist of Conchu I read as mm. well, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like you, we we both know his history's backstory. And it, I like what they did with this. I, mm. I like that they kind of, they spun it a little bit. And they kind of, I think there are obviously, this is the most blatant kind of implying about his Jewish heritage we get as well. Yeah. Like it's it's as blatant as they- I was going to say, know, I don't think it was implying it. it, it no, I mean, it's, it blatantly it's is. There. But, yeah. but they don't, they're not saying like, they're not, you know, it's not like it's explicit about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just yeah, like- It's not, it's, it's not it's, in your face. It's just who no. he is. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and, it, and it is, is, is his mum of Egyptian descent? Is that what they were? I, I don't know if that- I don't know. It's interesting because yeah, she she has, and this is, this is what I say, she has a- but you know, oh, it's hard to say this without sounding, sounding <laughs> off. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, they clearly chose his parentage, his the mm. people, the actors for his parents for a specific reason. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, the, the director, the director is Egyptian, has yes. gone on record uh, about trying to uh, promote and uh, help with, with the understanding of Egyptian culture. Mm -hmm. in, with Moon Knight and has, has even gone out of the way his way to attack other films yes. who have who have you know quite quite you know bravely I, I put it bravely but he's gone out of his way to say that's not how you do it this is how you do it and that's you know that's fair enough uh, again that's not I don't know anything about Egyptian culture really other than you know what's in films or what's in comic books which is mm. not probably not that accurate um, but he's gone out of his way to to make this as kind of is specific to him and can relate to people of Egyptian culture, mm. uh, and I, I do respect that. I really do, and I think I think that they've they've gone out of their way. And again, it's I think it's it's, it's a positive thing to tie that into his story and the the character's history a little bit more. I think you know more power to it. And I hope we get more of this from like um, you know the Ms. Marvel show, the Kamala Khan, yes. and 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 all the kind of the Muslim Jer New Jersey heritage and everything mm. like that. Like give me more of that because I'm always I'm always willing to learn and uh, I'm a student. I'm always going to be learning about other cultures and things. And I find it fascinating. I'm always open to, to new ideas and and new perspectives on things. Um, it makes it makes for more interesting stories. <clears throat> these, yeah, you know, exactly. these heroes it gives you an, an, an in that you, you're not used to or you don't mm. you don't know so make like I say it's always going to be fresh mm. um but yeah but let's work, walk through the show let's just walk mm. through the episode so again sure. we sort of we meet them uh well, i think we meet them we are now sort of represented by um both mark and stephen as um physical probably the wrong word but physical entities yeah yeah <clears throat> uh, and they are now with tauret and tauret is a I know, like an eight, seven and a half foot Egyptian goddess, Hippo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know how else to describe her, really. <laughs> no. um, and she sort of introduced herself. She introduces the concept of the fact that they are dead. This is the afterlife. And she is there to talk, take them through uh, the afterlife. And this, this, this the um, psychic ward or the psych ward is a representation of, of sort of for them of something they can relate to before they do pass into sort of like you know traveling through um the sort of the egyptian 
afterlife, this plane of consciousness. At the same time, uh, we also find that this is also flicking back to um, the office of Dr. Dr. Harrow. Um, and Mark is in there and getting more beaten up. <clears throat> Interestingly, as you go back to him in each time in the office, like he looks a bit more beaten up. Like he's got now got a plaster over his nose. He's got a black eye. Uh, and it is, you are now being asked the question, like, is, is he working through his consciousness or is he actually dead uh, and, you know, having been shot in the tomb and working through the afterlife? But the first bit, this whole thing, let's just, before we get into the sort of that bit there, hmm. Tauret as an act, as a character and how they present her, because it, again, it's, uh, it's, they've chosen, let's say they've chosen a way of doing it. Uh, hmm. She's a bit more... I don't know. She, she's going to be chatty and a bit sort yeah. of like, you know, almost ditzy in a, in a way. Hmm. Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts on the way they presented her? I, I didn't, initially, I didn't mind it, mm. but it got old quick. Yes, it, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it got old quick. Uh, it was like, oh, I don't have a card for that. Oh, I'm a bit awkward. Or, oh, oh, uh, you know, it got a bit, it got a bit like shit Alan Partridge for me. A yeah. little bit. It's just like, oh, I don't, I don't know what quite what to do. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And, yeah, and I was like, it, it felt like every office presentation. You know, when everyone has to do a presentation at an office, and it's like, and da 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 da, and the next slide, and da 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 da, and the next slide, and and I get it. It's a way of doing the exposition in an entertaining way, and it was entertaining. I was like, all oh, right, this is fun, and it's stupid mm. and weird, and it's very comic booky. It's very odd and bizarre, but I like that. And but within about five or six minutes of just her going, oh, uh, oh, 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 I can't remember how to do this and all this. It's been a while since we've had people through here. And, and I was just like, okay, I, I get that you're trying to do these, you know, not all of the gods are going to be like Conchu and screaming for vengeance every five minutes. But I didn't, I, I, it was okay towards the end when she took everything seriously. Mm. Um, and it's like all the, you know, all the people are being destroyed and all the purple lights and everything are going on. And that that I was fine with, but yeah, it did it did great on me. The longer it went on, that kind of ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah. ting tang oh. walla walla bing bang. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but basically, yeah, that's that's why I like the character. I like the idea. I like the 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 design. But that whole thing grew thin quick. No, I I agree. It's <clears throat> and I'd be interested in Ria's um, input on this because hmm. Taura is. Um, as pointed out, she's the goddess of motherhood and childbirth, mm. and and also you know the the, the guide through the afterlife. Mm. And she's also sort of like this is the we've seen the avatars of, of gods, <clears throat> and they've all been quite strong female characters. Mm. And then this is like the first female god we meet, and she's all sort of like fumbling and stuff. And it's sort of to me, it was like mm. you've been doing this for eons, you know, and then to be sort of fumbling through sort of like. Um, parchment card scroll mm. things felt like I was like <clears throat> as you said it just it was like this feels forced like it, it's a mm. bit like the humor in episode two some of the humor in episode two did not work for me and it's the same again where I was like yeah it, it's sort of funny but like it feels massively out of place um that, that whole thing where you're shouting like wagwan and stuff like that I was like nah that doesn't work for me like all that sort of yeah that didn't that didn't fly for me. I was like, mm, not even sure if you should be saying that, really. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's 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 a little bit of like like you were saying that there's there's a there's a definite kind of separation, almost like the personalities in a mm. way. 
they've definitely gone we want to capture this side of moon knight and this idea the dark avenger he's fighting egyptian gods and jackals then we want the kind of explorer and you know mercenary stuff and now we're going into the kind of mental health mixing yeah. in with the egyptian afterlife whichever it may be you know i i will say that i think they could have left I said this on my friend, uh, the Attention Seeking Geeks YouTube channel. We did episode uh, three, I think, uh, four, four. And, uh, and I said that we said we all agreed that the, the realization that they are maybe in the afterlife came a little bit too soon at the end of that episode. I think mm. they could have maybe left it to the beginning of this one to, till they got that to really hammer it home. Yeah, because yes. it's still a little bit like we, what because we need to be questioning what's real, as is Mark and Stephen. And I think they just the they kind of they're like, oh, don't, don't worry. Here's a hippopotamus lady. It's it's not just going to be a dark mental health stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was there was part of me of that. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's compartmentalized, I think is the mm. best term. Um, and some again some of the stuff really works and some of the stuff doesn't but um but yeah you want you want to get deep into this backstory so uh let's let's go for it yeah, yeah. <clears throat> let's jump forward to that. so yeah one of the things we do is they obviously um they do jump on the boat they've got the massive I and mean, the visuals on this bit are fantastic oh, yeah. i love this sort of like massive y- like yacht sort of you know, gliding through the desert sands uh but the idea is she, she takes their hearts like a crystalline version of their heart which i thought was, was a cool visual and they have to be balanced with um uh, on the scales with a feather. Now, the thing always is that was, I think it's, it's not her that does that. It's, I don't know if it's Osiris or one of the, I forget the name of the god, but mm. it's a different god that does that. But that's, that's besides the point. But the idea is if they balance, they're able to pass into the afterlife, to the field, field of reeds, um, and then they can live happily ever after. If it does not, they are cast overboard into this sort of like desolate desert environment where they have to become part of the unclaimed souls. Um, and they they do you know one of the things they realize is that they do that they, there is this, this um the things will not balance it just keeps going so she to tower explains you have to go back and find balance whatever that is you're hiding something from yourself you have to go back and, and explore this and so as they go back into the hospital the two uh mark and stephen are separated uh stephen goes back and sees um a, a, an experience of him and his younger brother uh roro um and a tragic accident starts to unfold and Mark goes back and experiences uh, a slightly different sort of take on things. And eventually what we start to see is this tragic turn of events where they went down to this cave, the cave filled with water when it was raining and um, Roro, which I'm assuming would be Randall, mm-hmm. um, was killed or died. Um, and we then find that they go to the funeral, the wake, and we find that Mark's mum, uh, blames him for this and continually starts and the, the, the sort of the grief of it drives her to the extent where she starts to try and beat him with a belt and in one scenario he locks himself in a room and I'm, I'm skipping over bits here but like basically locks himself in a room uh, and the fear of his mother breaking in to beat him uh, drives is the traumatic event which um, creates Stephen and Stephen becomes this character that is able to ignore these traumatic events and just be this character and has this much mother, more sweeter version, uh, this sweeter version of the, the mother character in his memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll sort of cut that. So what, what are your thoughts on this, like this, this part of it, this, this realisation that they come to? 
Um, I, I think it's a, it's a really it's a really interesting take on that original origin because there is that in the original origin, his father is a rabbi mm-hmm. and is is very disapproving of violence and almost drives Mark into becoming a mercenary and becoming violent. I think I think there's a there's an act of there's an, an anti-Semitic attack on his father and yes. he's like, why didn't you fight? Why don't you do something? And he's like, that's not the way. That's not what we do. And then Mark's like, no, you should. We should fight it back. And and kind of he's, he's driven away, becomes a boxer, I believe, and and then goes off and becomes a mercenary as well. So it's really nice to see a kind of flip of that. I think it might have been a bit too stereotypical if it was a disapproving rabbi father, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, it might have been a bit too full on. Um, but I, what I like about this, what I liked about the Batman is that it implies that or states that the the mother has mental health issues. Yes. And obviously, you know, it's passed down genetically often. Um, you know, that can be the way. So I, I like that implication. And it's absolutely heartbreaking, the story. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you're looking for a tragic origin story, you've got one right here. It is, it's, it's horrendous. And there's, there's so many moments, again, just with <laughs> Oscar Isaacs acting against himself. And the, the relationship between Stephen and Oscar, well, Stephen and Mark, sorry. Yeah. It, is, it is Oscar and Oscar. Yeah. Stephen, and Mark. Stephen and Mark is, is so good. Like, there's, it's... You can tell that they've been in each other. They know they've kind of known each other, even if they haven't known <clears> each other as existed. They're friendly yet combative, yet disagree, have arguments, you know. But they kind of there's a deep, caring love there mm. because, you know, I create. He even says like I created you, which which was kind of implied from the beginning of the show. It's kind yeah. of like he's got a dodgy English accent. You know, he's you know he's he's bumbling and stuff and all this other stuff. You're like, oh, okay, that's not the real him because you we know who Moon Knight is. If you've read the comics, you kind of get an idea of him. But we we have that, and the heartbreaking moment is like the reason you were creative is so you could, didn't have to see this, you didn't have to deal <clears throat> with this. This is my coping mechanism is to bring mm-hmm. you out, it's to bring you out and to just like, oh oh oh, sorry, oh I'll just call my mum, you know, and all this you know, late as gators and stuff. And it's, uh, oh, by the way, I, 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 could, I, if I was writing Moon Knight, the end line when he defeats Armit, if that does occur, would be late as gators. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I'm clearly not writing that and they're much better writers than me. But yeah, I, I, I loved it. And the, just, just that whole relationship and them learning and healing together and talking about it. Um, is is beautiful it's really it's really really nice and i think they've managed obviously they kind of dip into the kind of stereotypical kind of we've got different personalities i'm in control and you're in control Mm. that sort of thing there is a bit of that but i I think it kind of almost is unavoidable with a character like this to some degree uh it's never going to be an exact realistic portrayal of mental health like none of these comic book characters really are yeah yeah Um, but i i think uh, i think it was just yeah it was just wonderful but it is as tragic as as any other kind of superhero backstory I think I've ever seen depicted in live action. Honestly, great. Yeah. No, what you're wrong. I mean, the whole thing, even the the scenes, because it sort of piles up. It's it, it's done almost like in, in piecemeal. Like you you mm. get the information, and like you said about it, you know, you sort of see um, the impact that the death of his brother has on his, on his mum. 
and his father sort of saying like look you, you've just got to give her some space like you know look she doesn't mean it she's in, she's grieving and you and he sort of says like, you, you know what she's like you understand uh, the father saying it's saying to, to young mark and even having to say that to him like you know he comes down the stairs and she's looking at him and saying like this is your fault what are you doing here is really like you say it's sort of it's a gut punch and you see sort of mark and stephen uh, adult mark is even watching on and it's when stephen says like no, that's not right that's not what she was like that's you know this isn't what i remember she didn't do this and then it sort of escalates to this scene where he's locked into the bedroom and she's backing up bashing on the door and he's like he doesn't know what to and this is the, the kid actor even the kid actor like was does a, does a fantastic job because there's this moment where you can tell he's just like i don't know what to do with myself now like i got there's no way out of this there's no escape and that's the moment where he sort of like he, he does the same as oscar Isaac. the eyes roll back and he sort yeah. of comes Stephen Grant, and we've now we now understand that Stephen Grant is this fictional character, this sort of like um, closer to sort of like the canon and Alan Quatermain character, like you know, sort of like King yeah, Solomon's Mines yeah. kind of thing, yeah. ra- rather than Indiana Jones. Um, and so yeah, he becomes this sort of like this English, as you sort of say, this sort of faux English accent, sort of like as a kid, and goes straight into. Um, oh look how look how almost like C three PO. Look how yeah. untidy this room is. Oh, but really better start tidying this up, mm. and goes into tidying all the whole thing up. And then she breaks in, and he's still tidying, and all you see is the belt. And I was just, I was just mm. like, oh my god, I, I really was taken aback by this. Yeah. Um, but this sort of follows into something that they haven't discussed, and I think this is one of the things that's been hiding. Stephen's realization that he's not the original, hmm. and his reaction to that, he's like, "I, I thought I was the original." Hmm. Um, and he, yeah, he just doesn't know what to do with himself again. Uh, and Mark's like, like you said, Mark, Mark is saying to him, "Like, look, this is why you were existing. You weren't supposed to see this." you were acting as my barrier to this and so like and like you say they've, they've become like brothers in that respect now i think you know the, the oscar and oscar the adult versions yeah. and the fact that now, now that like mark is now into trying to act as a protector for stephen although stephen was created to protect him from the violence is so is is, is heartbreaking but touching at the same time yeah. where they have come to this impasse of like almost accepting each other um, as, as sort of like equals in this sort of system um, that is it's so it was just so touching in a sort of like yeah it's, it's heartbreaking but to see that relationship as this sort of the adult version is so touching and so well done and yeah one of the things I would say apparently one of the, the body double that they've used for some of the mapping and stuff is Oscar Isaac's brother okay so I can see how maybe you said working in a vacuum. Like he, mm. he is definitely working across from another. Another actor, yeah. Which, if it's his brother, like I can see how he can put that into that. Yeah, scene. that makes that makes a lot of sense now. Actually, yeah. Obviously, you can see that I can relate to that. He has that so those kind of feelings for that person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, it, it, it's beautiful. I, I agree. I think this whole thing was like you know like, almost like lump in my throat kind of like. Good. So let's. This is how good it is. Um, skipping to the end of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, spoilers, very much spoilers. Yeah. Mark is, uh, not Mark's, uh, Stephen is thrown from the boat. Yes. 
he lands in the sands of the afterlife and is basically kind of turned to stone effectively and dies. Mm-hmm. Do we, do we know if that do we know if that death is permanent? No. But Stephen is a personality. Mm-hmm. Like he is just a part, you know, of Mark, but the performance and everything has brought literally breathe life into that character, that personality. So much so when that arguably, you know, that mental problem or mental health issue that is represented by Stephen dies, you are devastated. Oh, yes, 100%. Absolutely. I'm not just talking fictional characters. He's a fictional character within a fictional yeah. character's story. Yeah. That's that's working on multiple levels, so much so that I am buying everything that Oscar Isaacs brings to the role. And when he's gone, I'm in bits. Yeah, that, that finale when he starts turning to sound like you say at the end, and Mark is sort of saying that like, turn around. No, 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 the fact that he wants him now, mm. and you know, Mark is now looking to keep they want to be, you know, to be together. They are sort of like friends or brothers now, they, they accept that. Mm. But again, one of the things that was interesting is the thing that allows, and we are going to jump to the to the, to the finale a minute, but the thing that allows Mark to pass into the field of reeds for the hearts to balance is the death of Stephen. Because mm. before you've always had this idea of, um, uh, Harrow said in one of the early episodes, when he, puts, mm. he balances in with the cane, he says, there is chaos in you. Like He can't find balance using the cane because there is Stephen and Mark, and they've got this sort of like, they are at odds. Mm. And so when Stephen dies, you see that the, the scales instantly align. And she's like, oh, and he appears, he transitions to the field of reeds. And that's where the that's sort of the episode ends. And so there is that tragedy of going like, yeah, the thing that's been keeping you from peace is now the thing that you actually want. Mm. You know, you you sort of you you're accepting the chaos in you. And I thought that was sort of like it's so yeah, there's so much about the ending. I was just like, oh man, this is mm. so, so sort of so good. Up. And again, and again, they're working together. Like this is the I think this is the first time you really kind of like quite literally see them working together. Mm. Obviously within the other episodes, they've been like, oh, you take control or I can deal with this. No, I'll deal with this. If I take control, I'll never get it back. They're just constantly fighting and, and battering each other. Um, but this is, this they're, they're, they're healing together. Like they're working together to find out, get to the root of this issue. Again, you've got the kind of Egyptian kind of afterlife stuff and the and the threat of Harrow and what he's doing. Mm. But also you've got the the healing of these these horrible, awful this trauma um that has that has affected them. You know, anybody who who had this experience would be an absolute fucking mess. Uh, and I'm just a mess watching the episode, let alone yeah. having that life. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I, I love that aspect that that they can kind of come together in that way and just like, you know, Mark's very hesitant about, you know, we're in a, a psychiatric ward because we're crazy, you know, we're not right, we're wrong. Mm. This is how this is why I pictured it like this. You know, this is my experience and this is what I believe. And he's like, no, no, no. And it's like, you can't go in there, you can't do that, you can't go here, you can't experience this, you can't see this, you're not ready. Yeah. The stuff I've had to deal with my entire life. But Stephen is kind of, again, like, you know, initially, I think a lot of people are like, oh, he's got a bad accent. He's a bit stupid. He's a bit of a loser and stuff. But I think 
that was the the right decision. That was the route, agree. the route to get to Mark Spector. I think because if he's tough and can't die and gets resurrected by an Egyptian god, you know, where do you go from there? Do you really care? And I think I think it was a masterstroke to to go outside of the comics, really, because mm. I'm, I'm I'm a big one for kind of. You know, when I see that inspiration from Paige on the screen, I love it and I, I appreciate it. But there is the odd occasion where I'm like, you know what? That was an excellent change, an excellent spin on that character. And I have to agree. I think Stephen, for me now, is the standout character of this entire show. Yeah, well, Stephen is, is the protagonist, is the true protagonist of this show. And to, to have him removed, or, yeah, like you say, you know, removed or died in that comic sense... Mm. Um, is is tragic, and the fact you feel that for the character is a, is, a, is a testament to both what Oscar's done uh, and also to the writing. Um, the other thing I would say, though, and, and, and to, to this end, is what they've done with Mark as well, because um, they are trying to give depth to Mark as well. So, like you know, you get some uh, thing because obviously the creation of Stephen was to avoid this tragic um, childhood event. Or this, you know, this culmination of, of grief and, and tragedy, but the re-emergence of Stephen, which I think he says, you know, didn't it's come about? Wasn't that long ago? Eight months or something? Not not long ago since before the show started. Um, is he finds out his mum has died and she's been held in shiver, and he he attempts to go and visit and he he can't do it, so he stands there in the street and then he goes to walk away, but like not knowing how to cope with these mixed emotions of grief um and you know Ang- this anger, anger and yeah. resentment and, and but then guilt and all this other stuff all this sort of mixed emotion he, he, he can't face it and so Stephen re-emerges and the first thing Stephen does when he re-emerges picks up his phone and calls his mum hmm. And it goes back to that first episode where you've got him leaving those messages for his mum and stuff. And it all makes sense again now. Like I'm going to rewatch this and just be like in bits watching that first episode. Now I know what I know. I've, I've just realised mo- that one of the more kind of darker moments in it is when they visit the room where Mark has all of his victims and he remembers all the people he's killed. <clears throat> oh, yes. And then, oh, M- Mark, why is there a little boy in here? Why is there a little boy in here in this room? And I didn't realise, because he runs off, he don't, I, di- I didn't really connect the dots for some reason, no. but I realised, obviously, that that's his brother and he feels yes. like he killed his brother and that's why he's in that room. And that is, you know, that is, you know, tragic, like really <clears throat> heart, hand on heart, you know, pulling at your heartstrings, tragic. And you, you were saying about the, the character in the comic, it was uh, it's Randall Spectre, isn't it? Randall yeah, Spectre. Randall is, yeah. And he becomes the hatchet man, was it? The yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got that. It's, it's it's very it's a very eighties New York kind of comic booky yeah. stuff. It's it's good. Don't get me wrong. It is. But it, it's very like ah, the slasher villain. Ah, the eighties is horrible. Yeah. In New York, it's the worst. Ah, he killed. He, he literally stalks nurses. Like it's 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 almost <laughs> based on a sort of like a you know that archetypal awful you know serial killer. Like it could be the film Maniac or something like that. Like it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like a, <clears> one of those mis- misogynistic slashes or something. Yeah, but yeah, like a New York Ripper, arguably yes. something like that. Yeah, and uh, and I I I think this is better to be yes, honest. I, I think agree. I think I, I like not that I hate that comic or dislike it, but it is it is what it is. You know, it is Lo- yeah, love yeah. it or loathe it is what it is. But I think the idea that again 
you know, because he felt he felt responsible for what happened to his brother in the comic. So there is that there is some linkage there. And yeah, I think, uh, again, this reworking of an origin is it doesn't always work for me, like with the comic book origins, like, you know, the amazing Spider-Man, you know, as much as I like that film, you know, him not trying to say great power, great responsibility while not trying to say it. <laughs> you have a moral obligation to do the right thing when people, you know, and you're powerful of, of, of goodwill. And I'm just like, shut up, Sheen. Uh, you are rubbish. Yeah. Who wrote this? Who wrote this line? <laughs> just say it. It's easier to say it. Um, but yeah, this it, it doesn't always work. But I think this is genuinely one of the better rewritten or recontextualized, reworked. Um, live action comic book origins and and this is what I like about Peacemaker and Moon Knight as well mm. these are the first interpretations of these characters we're seeing on screen so there are no expectations they are very little known apart from like comic book enthusiasts <clears throat> like you and myself and you're allowed to take more risks yes. and do something and do something interesting with them Yeah. and instead of going oh here, you know as much as I loved the Batman I don't need another the a Batman or I don't need another Joker. I don't need another Spider-Man. I'm I'm good. You know, I'm yeah. good for, for a little while anyway. Give me give me a break. But with this stuff, this is what I want. This is the kind of things I want to see being made. I'm not asking for a you know a Sony character that's only appeared in two comics. I don't give a fuck about that. But <laughs> I want, you know, lesser known, good, interesting characters with good stories, good actors, you know, good people behind and in front of the cameras doing great and interesting stuff and i think moon knight even though i've not enjoyed the last couple of episodes or so this absolutely is top tier streaming television whatever you want to call it yeah i think it works as a whole i think when i want to hmm. go back and watch it, i'll find it works as a whole one of the things i'll say about the character origins um about moon knight in particular is the fact that like you say when he was created like he was created in the 70s his first sort of solo run was 1980 um, you know, and you know, yeah, you've got great talent on there, like you know, Doug Moe oh, yeah. and, and Bill Sinkovich and sort of everything else. And the character sort of developed with those personas, and also the introduction of the Egyptian sort of, as you said, like you know, uh, you mentioned before, like, uh, Fist of Conshu when he was in the West Coast Avengers. It's not really proper Egyptology, though, is it? Like, do you know what I mean? It's where they've gone, Egypt, that's kind of cool, right? Conshu, that's kind of cool, but like, it's, it's hammered together with no actual lore or consistency. And obviously the thing with the, sort of the DID as well has been handled to varying degrees of, mm. of, of good over well, decades. I remember reading the first run. I, uh, when I started uh, years ago, I, got, I used to buy the Essentials, the Marvel Essentials, mm -hmm. black mm. and white, big collections. And this was stuff they never would have collected in colour otherwise. So I bought things like Iron Fist, Doctor Strange yes. and Moon Knight. And Moon Knight looks great in black and white, it does. by the way. Yeah, I've got like, all those. Get, they look fantastic. If, if you're going to read Moon Knight, I highly recommend just, just do it. Ch you know, change the contrast of whatever you, you know, whatever. <laughs> turn it to black and white and just read it that way because it, it just, the character just pops a bit more because it is black and white, really, mm. this costume. Um, and that that original run, I expected there to be more of the DID stuff, but actually it's it's more about just kind of straight kind of gritty superheroing in new york which again there's nothing wrong with that but they do introduce it a little bit towards the end they kind yes. of imply that it's it's having a toll but i mean initially like me and me and dennis covered werewolf by night uh not so long ago and obviously the first appearance of moon knight is in mm. that book and initially he's just meant to be a villain like a throwaway villain yeah. 
and and that's exactly what he's created to be and then they had to do a lot of kind of retcon with the i think it's the committee and stuff and and kind of like oh well frenchy already had the identity and gave him the costume and we did this and they kind of you know and they reworked it and then they went back and then they went right this is his actual origin yeah you know and he, had, he was guest appearances in defenders like you said west coast avengers as well um but yeah he was never meant to be initially what this is or what was you know in moon knight issue one mm. you know, that, that is his origin story even though he appeared prior um you know they they took a while for them to get there but you know it's it's interesting enough for me to you know to enjoy those comics and to take it again <clears throat> you know pinch of salt because obviously they're old comics so they're not always don't always age very well but i do remember when i was reading them that they were very very good they are good uh, yeah, ones, they're, yeah they're worth revisiting but this provides like a decent uh coherent origin and mm. baseline and stuff that works i think that's the thing and as you sort of said that because it's been introduced and you know provided by oscar isaac and so on and so forth i think it just does uh, it make it gives it that more credibility and sort of authenticity, which I think it really needed. Mm. Um, going back to what you said before about that victim room, one of the things that's really interesting as well is when he does go in there, and it happens again. Uh, you know, the, the boat is attacked by some lost souls. These sort of these souls that have been taken by the desert. Uh, Mark can name them all, but he, you know he can't name them, but he can tell you where he killed them, mm. and so you get him going like New York. Dubai, you know, Paris, whatever. And he starts naming them. And like that's when Stephen's like, oh my God, these are all the people you've killed. And he's like, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Mm. Um, and then it does, it segues onto, they go into another room or another a flashback and it takes you back to the tomb of Khonshu uh, and the, the massacre there that happened. Now, you don't get to meet Bushman and I was gutted at that. But yeah, there's, there's part of me that's kind of, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that it might be. I think they've avoided it because it, it could be a bit maybe racist potentially. Like you know, this kind of black boogeyman with the sharp teeth and the war paint. Well, that, yeah, it is. But yeah. there's ways, there's ways of doing it. And I'll be interested because yeah. you know, because they do mention it. He does say oh, yeah, yeah. like his partner. You know, yeah, he says my CEO Bushman mm. wanted to do this thing. I got in the way. We try. I tried to get the people away, and he turned on me and killed everyone. So. Yeah, another yeah. one of another one of my friends said that he may have been a little too similar to uh, Killmonger, so that, that's, that's, that's why they've, point. Yeah, that's they've avoided because that was such a strong character, such a you know good performance and and everything. And I think it would be maybe it's I think it's a good thing they didn't necessarily go with that character, but yeah, you know who's who's to say he doesn't turn up later down the line? You know, yeah, I, I, he's a great nemesis. I think I'd love them to sort of, you know, introduce him later on, but we shall see. Yeah. But you do get this thing and then you do get um, this, the, the, you know, the, firstly you get this, this time of redemption where he was like, no, look, Bushman wanted to take everything and kill everyone. I didn't kill them. Like Mark mm. takes it as the reason Mark sees them as guilt for this is because he didn't succeed in getting them away. Mm. And so you get that moment where he sort of the, the realization and he has to sort of take them, um, you know, that he, I didn't kill him, and he's there all bloodied up, and he's crawled into uh, the tomb of Konshu, and he's lying there at the foot of the statue, and you hear the voice, mm. and you see him becoming Moon Knight and healed, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, I like that, that, like, you know... Like that, that is like the classic <sighs> comic as well. It like, is, that is totally... Apart, apart, yeah. from, apart from the, the modern kind of raven head, or whatever you want yes. to call it, bird head, 
Um, apart from that, that is like spot on. He has the staff with the moon, crescent moon on it. Yeah. You know, he's oh, I loved all that. I thought it looked met, yeah. great. Oh, it, it works so, so well. And again, like that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, this is pure comic book. And I love, you know, and I'll take that. I'll have that. That will go in, yeah. my, you know, in my memory banks for, for later. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was cool. But I, I love the fact they called out that Conchu's manipulating him. Because Conchu's like, you know, well, you weren't able to protect those. But if you were to become my avatar, mm. I will give you the power to heal. I will give you the sort of the power to protect the travelers of the night and you can protect all these people, like the ones that you failed and all this other stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I like the fact that Conchu sort of played on his... Because he was about to kill himself. That's the thing that's interesting. Like, like the, in... The, in the in the in the uh, the comics and stuff like he bleeds out like he's shot he's got a good shot or whatever and he bleeds out or he's gonna bleed out mm. in this he was about to blow his brains out like he you know he realizes that like he can't go on uh, and so you're seeing more of that the stress and trauma that is playing on mark um but and, that, and that's what conchu plays on and manipulates so it's interesting again you've seen this sort of like you know you're seeing the side of mark that wants to be a hero has done shitty things but wants to be a hero and so has given in to becoming moon knight for that purpose um which i thought was quite interesting oh yeah like i mean i think that's probably why he chose him i think that's entirely why he chose him he's got to that point he is in a in a position where he he's he's dead anyway either way you know he's going to starve or you know he's going to freeze or you know be baked by the sun whatever you want to call it and he goes, you're broken, so one more voice isn't going to hurt, is it, in your head? Mm. There you go, you know. And I know I know. there's been a lot of hinting about, like, Jake Lockley, the yeah. cabbie, and uh, and whether he's, you know... And I, I thought I might have seen a snip of him, you know. I, I think there was, a, there was a lot of talk that the other sarcophagus that was wobbling mm-hmm. contains Jake. Um, yeah, I think so. And, and maybe, I don't know if maybe Jake is an earlier personality, maybe that Mark created to deal with his anger issues with his mom or something, potentially. Because it's, it's, I think it's in the Lemire run, or the Lemire run, where he's, he's, he hints that, that Jake is not a good guy. Like, the, the, the personality it's, of Jake is not a good guy. It's been hinted at, so it's, it's come up a couple of times. Um, the, the, it's sort of, um, it's, it's very gently hinted at in the Lemire run that he is sort of like, I'll say the grittier of the three. Mm. It's the Bemis run, um, ah, okay. the Max Bemis run, where he is the violent one, where like they actually keep him under control and then they're like, right, let out Jake. And Jake's are like breaking bones and stuff. Ah, okay. uh, and it's actually, you find out that actually Jake has done things behind their back when he has sort of, you know, taken over his dominant personality and has done things behind the other personality's back. And he he tricked Marlene into things. So, really, okay, mm. yeah, I've not I've not got that far. I is, won't spoil anything, but yeah, no, no, yeah. But um, is is Bemis is that is Bemis the is that thingy's son? Um, what's his name, son? Or am I might think of somebody else. Uh, possibly someone else. Max yeah. Bemis uh, was he's a lead singer of a punk, a punk sort of rock oh, band. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think he, I think he was. It, did he write the? Worst X Men ever, or worst X Man ever, or something like that. Yes, yeah, that's what that's it. Yeah, yeah that's. I'm, wrote, thinking of, I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, he wrote I'm Fool thinking, Killer as well. He wrote a pretty good run, Fool oh, Killer okay, as well, cool. which is quite good. Yeah, yeah I think I'm, I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of somebody else who's a bit more problematic, but I can't yeah. remember their name. So and they're problematic, so we'll forget them. Yeah, um, but the uh, yeah, I, I I think maybe I saw a li- I've seen a little bit of kind of hints that maybe 
you know, Stephen isn't necessarily talking to Mark or that there's like, a, I don't know, more like a kind of like a Brooklyn accent comes out a little bit. I heard it a little bit when he goes to stab Harrow in the office. And I was like, I was like, is that, is that a little bit of Jake? Is a little bit of Jake coming out a little bit, of, you know, because he seems to be like, I know in the original run, the monk run, like obviously the Grant was the, the billionaire. Mark Spector was the dodgy one because he was the mercenary yeah. and the killer. And then Jake Lockley was just like, yeah, I'm your friendly New York cabbie. And yeah. I'm going to make <laughs> friends at a diner. And I'm going to have, uh, you know, these kids will help me with my missions and stuff like that. And it's, uh, it, so yeah, it's very much, obviously it's been spun around and changed. And that's what I like about Moon Knight comics is like every volume is its own it's story. A lot of different things. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like, oh, is it is it really ancient Egypt? Or is it just, you know, is it, or is it an older dimensional thing that taps into his fractured mind you know there's all these different takes there's ones where he's got armor and gadgets yeah. and ones where he's he's purely just like here's some gold egyptian axes and tools and then you know and the other ones where he's a little bit more akin to a batman or to mm. a shadow um but yeah it's it's a fascinating character I, and what I, that's what i love about him is that you can you know, it, it, much like a Batman or kind of a, maybe a Wolverine, you can kind of tell any story with them to a degree. Yeah. You can have the more kind of outlandish ones, you can have the more gritty and grounded ones, but they still kind of work to some degree. Mm. And, and I think he's a, he's a good character to just play around with. And I think a lot of big talent, he's like, for me, he's a bit like Daredevil and Doctor Strange, like a lot of good talent is always gravitates towards Moon Knight. Uh, and I think that only just helps... And, you know, since he was brought back since, like, mid-2000s, I think it was, like, around Civil War, I think he was brought back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's just kind of skyrocketed in popularity to the point where we have a show. Yeah, and rightfully so. Um, but he is a fascinating character. I think, like you say, this this version seems to be working for me. Um, but the, I mean, you know, there's two elements I want to sort of finally talk about is... So we've been talking about, obviously, the other, you know, in the in the realm, in the, mm. the, the afterlife... There's a flip side of that, as you and you sort of alluded to. Then they're in Harrow's office, and they're sort of doing it as almost like it reminded me of the film Identity, mm. which is a, is, a, is a less good uh, <laughs> depiction of, of dissociative identity disorder. But that thing of at the end of the film, you know, spoilers for a film that basically is about 15 years old and actually yeah. isn't 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 great. But um, you meet that the character, this, this person in this sort of ward that has gone through this whole thing in their own head, this story, and been killing off his identities to reach this point of, of sort of like um, a singularity of a single personality. And so Harrow's trying to sort of do the same thing with this Dr. Harrow version. He's trying to do the same thing with Mark and make him confront the tragedies of his childhood. Um and he keeps sort of, you know, fighting back and all that other thing. And eventually, like, during one moment of confrontation, Stephen even comes through that in the office. Um, and they have, again, that moment where he's like, I'm sorry, I don't know where I am, what's going on? Um, what? Who do you think's doing that? What do you think that is? Because it does slip between the two. Like, is, is this, hmm. like you said, is there going to be a moment of, is he really dead? Because you know, our, uh, Tarawet's saying like, "You're you're dead. This is the afterlife." Sorry to break it to you. Hmm. And then there was another one that's going like, "No, you're just in a, you know, a mental health institution um, with this Doctor Harrow." Like, the ending sort of suggests probably leans into the afterlife, but hmm. it's still there as a sort of a, as, as a uh, that all everything from the moment he escaped from you know 
uh, in, the, in the last episode within the institution has been like a delusion and actually he's just been in this office. Do you think there's any credibility to that or do you think it's going to be... Mm. I think I think you know what it would be. I think there was a. I think I saw a tweet not so long ago, probably even longer ago. But it was just like, imagine if the MCU ended at like Infinity War. Like what a yeah. absolute baller move that would have been. Like no, not good doing anymore. That's it. Those heroes aren't coming back. We're not solving anything. Done. And I think for this, if it was that it was a, if it is just a psychiatric ward and there's no links or anything, I think that would be quite something if they were mm. to do it i don't think they will no nope. because because i think i think um you know a lot of people have been comparing comparing this to like one division which i think is a very mm-hmm. di- is a very different show i can see why there are links because it's you know is it real isn't it not real all the mental health aspects you know loss and grief you know all that sort of stuff um i don't think they'll just go oh no it's not real yeah but I would like, I would love if they did and just went, yep, yeah, not connected to the MCU, just some guy in, a, in you know, in an asylum dealing with his issues and it's all made up. Mm. Again, those, those, if we call them this, it was all a dream endings can, you know, can do really well, depending on how well it's been depicted and, and if the audience buys into it. But if it comes as a twist, often like a bad twist, like an annoying one. Um, it could, you know, it could detrimentally affect people's opinion of this series. Mm. But I do not think they'll do that, but I would like to see them do it. And then yeah. maybe we get another interpretation of Moon Knight. Maybe it is Oscar Isaacs within the MCU. Maybe it is a bit more akin to the classic version of the character. Mm. You know, uh, maybe he has gadgets. Maybe he has, maybe, uh, you know, Frenchie is his partner and, you know, and they've got the moon copter and all the other bizarre, weird stuff that they normally have in the comics. Um, you know, that would be interesting as well. Like, that would be something to see. But I kind of don't think they'll do that. I think they no, will just stick I, I, with I, the yeah. what the I, adventure is about. I don't, yeah, I don't think the MCU is ready for that kind of sort of... Um, like a dour ending. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a superhero show and they're going to give you a superhero ending. Mm. Um, I'm fascinated to see how long this last episode is going to be mm. um, because there is an awful lot to cover. Like they are dead. If they are dead, then there's a lot to do and get them I, back. I, I feel like we're going to follow Layla's journey while this has been going on. Yes. I th- and I think she's going to fill in the kind of connective tissue between the two. And then and then Oscar, you know, free conchu or whatever needs to be done to accomplish what they need to accomplish. And then Mark, Mark and, well, Mark, only Mark at the moment, will come back, you know, dress up as Moon Knight, summon the suit, yeah. and, uh, and then beat people up as he is prone to do um and i think i think that i think that's as much as i can predict really i think what what may happen yeah um but yeah i think we'll fill in the blanks with Layla because again she wasn't in this episode nope. and i was and i was actually quite liking her character as a mental health patient i thought her performance was better again i've got nothing against the actress i just just some it isn't working for me with with her mm, performance yeah, and chemistry you know it's it's just it's just my personal taste you know you know, everyone's working really hard. They want to make this the great show it can be. It's just, there's just something not quite clicking. But again, because she's an imaginary, potentially imaginary character, you know, and potentially going on a, a, a you know, Indiana Jones made up adventure, 
that I kind of was like, okay, again, it's kind of almost an apology for the the two episodes I didn't like. Yes. And then when I saw her in the asylum, I went, oh, this is going to be great. She's going to be walking around and she's going to be, you know, you know, has having all her issues and Mark's going to have to navigate all that. Um, again, we didn't get that. And I'm, I'm, I'm not disappointed. I, I would have liked to have seen that. And maybe, you know, they could do something like that further down the line if they ever return to this version mm-hmm. of the afterlife. And as you know, Moon Knight does die a lot and come back a lot. Yeah. So it could I will happen. say that, that, that the one thing, and I, I, I forgot to mention it when we talked on the last, I was covering the last episode, that performance that she gives, the, 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 the actress who plays Layla gives mm. when she's in the, the, the mental health institution. All the others have got, you know, they haven't got a great deal to do, but she's got like, she's playing against the kind of character that Layla was. Mm. I was definitely getting a Brad Pitt in 12 Monkeys offer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, which I kind of love. I'm not going to, I went dinner for that. It was great, but I definitely yeah. got that sort of vibe off her. Very, t- very twitchy, a lot of finger, finger acting. Yes. Eyes darting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and this and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can definitely, yeah, absolutely. Now you've said it, I, I can't, yeah. yeah. I won't be able to separate the two now. <laughs> no, so I kind of like that. But uh, the other thing I was going to mention is, as you said about, we'll talk about predicting. One of the things that's highlighted, you said you mentioned it earlier on, when Tarot starts to take things serious, is we start to see these like purple, like, like you know, falling stars, as they were, hitting the desert. And she says they are souls that have been sent there before their time. And we've also seen, obviously, you know, purple, purple mean bad in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only oh, way to spoke. Great, another sky beam. Another, yes, yes, yeah. Another light in the sky. Multiple great. sky beams. Um, but obviously, this is also the same color that that you know uh, is emitted from Harrow's mm. um, uh, uh, walking stick, or the crystals or anything that are in it. So the suggestion is that he's up there knocking people off, right and center, right left, and, yeah, mm. left, right and center. And has he already released uh, Ahmet? I don't know because I think maybe mm. Tarot would probably know about it. But it feels like there's something. Obviously, I think so. I think you're right. Hmm. We're going to trail back, and you're going to get from Layla's perspective what the hell is going on that is killing those people and sending them all into the afterlife. Um, so I think we will get that. Um, I, I made a stupid. I said I was on another podcast actually, and I said uh, I was on the Into the Night uh, in there, sort of uh, the, the the Moon Night podcast hmm. for the last episode, and I said, oh well, I think we've seen everything now that's come from the trailers. I think, you know, but then I actually literally within hours of saying that on the recording, I saw someone had edited together like, here's what's left. <laughs> oh, God. I was, I was clearly wrong. So, I, you know, I'm going to correct myself on that. But there are there's several images, including sort of like Moon Knight running up um, the pyramid at someone okay. at, a, at a weird angle. Yeah. Um, Moon Knight sort of jump diving over a car and jetting off some of the moon uh, crescent darts at people. Mm. Uh, and some more fighting. So there's a whole bunch of sort of fighting bits that are left. Care, care, careful again, Scott. We're ve- we're veering into spoiler territory. I don't want to yeah, upset. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't, I, I'm not. I'm very. I'm being very cautious because I know I know I get in trouble for it a lot yeah, yeah. from the comics emotion. I'm not, I'm not going to get into too much. But like, <laughs> it's interesting. That, yeah, we haven't seen everything, and obviously the characters will come back. So, um, but it feels like the last episode's got to be like an hour and a half. Like to get everything in. Hey, I'm after this episode. I'm down. I'm yeah. I'm 100 up for that. I give me give me all of it. I need I need some resolution. I need a bit more. I need to maybe see a bit more of Layla and her performance and when she's not constantly delivering like Egyptian this and Egyptian mm. that. Just Egyptian exposition. As much as I love all the heritage and the the information, 
it was just really ham-fisted into me in those like third and second episode but it, it was it's well, they, are the, they are the exposition episodes aren't they yeah. really like really right we've had the fun now here's all the information yeah. fun again so we like, had all the punching and now now you get the mr knight you get the punching you get all the fun and now yeah. yes Here's the history of everything. Yeah. But no, like even the stuff in that I still enjoy, like the attack of the, that mummy and stuff. And, yeah. You know, I think, I think it's still was, good. I think, well, I think hopefully we're past a little bit of that. I think now we're getting to a point where it's all good. But the um, the, the one thing, we do do a thing. We're coming to an end, really. Hmm. Um, so let's just do the, the last two sort of bits. So overall, hmm. episode five, I think you've sort of, you, know, you didn't oh, bury yeah. the lead, but, you know, any final thoughts, any, any big sort of feelings about this episode? Um, I, I think, I, you know, I, I pretty much told you at the start, I loved it. I thought, again, the performances were great. The backstory is good. The, you know, even even the child actors were amazing. I love the different rooms. I love what mm. they represent. There's like we could we could be here for another few hours just cherry picking what every room and every little thing and every little, you know, reference and stuff represents. Um, but I just thought it was excellent. I think it was such a big step up from the last two episodes um you know the, if if we describe it in any way like we did the boba fett the comics in motion boba fett you know this is this is when the mandalorian comes back into it yes yes this is that, this is that moment for yes. me i'm like right it's good again fantastic yeah. yes okay more of this brilliant so that that that's how i would compare it um which is also produced by disney disney plus and disney so i don't know if there's some link there that their middling episodes are very middling um so but yeah i just i thought it was fantastic oscar isaac's smashing it you know everyone else is great ethan hawk and and everyone else involved um yeah it's you know there's some bits again i'm not wasn't too happy with or could have been better but i think pretty 90% of this with 90 to 90 Five percent of this was pretty solid. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's mostly solid, isn't it? Like this, mm. this, this, this whole show. Uh, but yeah, this episode for me was was fantastic. I really enjoyed. I think like everything about. It. I think the, the thing we sort of haven't had enough is the visuals. Yeah, I was um, going to say we we've not really seen much Moon Knight in action. Um, mm. You know, and I think someone was relating that to like the Daredevil model with Netflix. Like, we're not going to put him in the suit just yet. We need to work up to that and build on that. And I, I, I kind of get that. And and again, you know, we've seen a bit of that, and he's popped in and out of it and stuff. And we've seen Steve and we've seen Mark. And um, but I could, I, I hope this last episode has a lot of of Moon Knight in that suit. You know, yeah, it, it's gorgeous. It's a great design. It's a unique design. It's very different from the comic. So much detail going into yeah. it. Which I love and the the uh, you know the, almost like the mummy wrappings. Yeah, you've got the hieroglyphics as well and the armor, the gold armor underneath. Um, I love that his chest is like a portal just for all yeah. these darts. I love that. Um, yeah, just just great. I'm just hoping I'm seeing a, a, a bit more of that. And it sounds like from what you were describing in the remainder of that trailer, um, that we're going to see a bit more of that. So, yeah, yeah I, I should say that edited the editing of what's left was less than 10 seconds. OK, so I haven't seen anything more than like, these glimpses no. I, of this. I just, I, I just know, I know, like, yeah, yeah. I, know I know with Tonya especially, she's, you know, she's so hot for yeah, like, she'll spoilers. Have a, she'll have a guts for garters. So. I know, and I, and I know you, like you and me, we, we like to go, oh yeah, there's this reference, there's yeah. this comic, and there's that, and the backstory is like this, and you know, and I think what we've talked about today is not ruined it for no. all, but it's, it's, it's given, you know, it's, it's just given a bit of context to what we've seen within this episode, but yeah, I'm just, I'm very, I'm very cautious. I've been in trouble before on the Discord yeah. and spoilers and stuff, so I'm very, very scared. Someone's going to come yeah. for me. <laughs> 
the, the spoiler police will be here soon. They will. They will. Um, <laughs> no, but what, what I would say is, you're right. I think one of the things I'm interested in, though, as I watch this, like you said, oh, the reporting is that Oscar's not signed up to anything else mm. anymore. However, we've heard that before, mm, <laughs> and it's right, been yeah. it's been utter crap. And I cannot believe that Disney or, or Marvel Studios have said, "Well, you know, Mister Isaac, we've, we want you to do six episodes of this show mm. to bring forward a character." Um, and you know, after that, well, we'll see what happens. I can't, I can't did, believe did, they've done that. But did they say? Maybe. Did they say? Now, this is the trick of how they get out of this sort of stuff. Did they say he's not signed up for any more Moon Knight? But he could appear in something else, maybe. I don't know. I, I just, yeah, maybe we shall see. So they'll be like, oh, they're like, we, well, we were told the truth. So he yeah, isn't yeah. signed up for any more Moon Knight because this is because it could be like a one division where it's a one and done. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm, uh, I don't believe anything is anymore. <laughs> that, that Marvel show, even you're the so trailers, cynical, Scott. You're yeah. so cynical. You know, ever since like Marvel, even I've got to the point now with Marvel and Sony, like even was it No Way Home, wasn't it? Mm. Where in the trailer you see that one action scene, all of a sudden like lizards, the the lizard's head sort of like jets off to the side, and everyone's like, <laughs> eh. and then like, Thor: Love and Thunder comes out, and then the trailer you've got Korg, Thor, and then a massive gap in the screen, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's going like, well. It's quite because this, like this, the positioning on this is awful. It's a word, this is a terrible shot. This is, a, yeah, this, this is an awful shot. Who's composing these shots? They're all yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's either like Taito Wiki or Titi was off, was off on that day. Assistant director. Yeah, he was ill that day or he was off doing something else. Or there's clearly something been edited out of that scene. So they just lie to us now. So I don't believe oh, yeah. anything. Um, so it just feels to me now that like, you know, we have got, and I'm not saying he is going to be in any of these, hmm. but you have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness being directed by Sam Raimi. And the, there's people that apparently it got, you know, CinemaCon, isn't it? CineCon hmm. or whatever has happened yeah. recently. And they showed some Doctor Strange footage. And Marvel basically said, everything that you have seen in the trailers happens in the first 20 minutes of a two hour plus film and so i'm going what the what are we gonna see and then obviously with thor god and, uh uh you know love and thunder like you know no spoilers but it's over everything like you know that you know um gore the god butcher's storyline is going to be a part of it for however i don't know i don't know how it's going to be depicted but like that suggests to me that they are entering the realm of gods and if you know, it, it wouldn't be fun if it was just the the Norse gods. But mm. we've now introduced, we've literally within three months of its release or before it's released, they've introduced the Egyptian pantheon, mm. and we've just had the Eternals, and one of the actors, the characters in the Eternals, works at the British Museum, mm. as did Stephen Grant. So <laughs> mm. it's just this whole phase, sort of like there's just nuggets where I'm like, okay, they can't be going. Well, thank you for watching Moon Knight. Mm. Um, there's not going to be, we're not going to come back to this character. It, it just feels to me like they're building yeah. up to something that, you know, there's going to be, this is what phase four is now going to be. It's sort of like they, they're heading into the weird and the, the ultra cosmic as if it were. So, yeah. um, and, and the, and the, the more obscure characters, which again, yeah. 
they're going to be able to do something more with. Like some people will complain that it's like, oh, the Z-list characters. I hate that because the fucking Avengers were Z-list characters. Yes. Like nobody, yeah. gave a, nobody gave a fuck about them until the movie came out. Nobody gave a fuck about Iron Man. Nobody gave a fuck about the Guardians of the Galaxy until the movie yeah. came out. And they're all Z-list characters until the movie comes out and it's fucking beloved. And then they're like, oh, yeah, the best characters ever these. Yeah, they're the best ones. Blah, blah, blah. So shut your fucking mouth. I agree. Wait, wait for the movie to come out. Judge it on its merits. Yeah. You know, hope it's better than a, a Morbius, and you know, and, and you're in some pretty good standing. But don't complain that these Z-list characters. You know, maybe the Sony one with El Muerto, which yeah. is is <laughs> the bizarrest on, choice ever. I, I just like it doesn't make any sense to me that the, the you know I, I, the Craven one I get to a degree. You know, the the Morbius one I get. You know, there's some popularity. People know that character. But this character's had two appearances. In Spectacular Spider-Man Volume yeah. Three, yeah. you know, so that's one story technically. That's one complete story he's had, and he's a superhuman Mexican, you know, luchador wrestler. That is it. Yeah. I, I, to be fair, having I've not that, even read that. Yeah, having, <laughs> having described that though, right? You've just sold me on that. Super, oh, See? Su- superhero luchador wrestler. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm in now, hundred percent. Oh man, Ray Mysterio is definitely going to turn <laughs> up, isn't he? That's he's going to yeah. be in it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, what was it? El Santino, one of those sort of like the, those sixties mm. sort of like Mexican films. Um, no, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, mm. I, I, I haven't had a chance to talk about this. It's a massive tangent, and we will get back on go track. On, go on. But this whole thing of Sony doing these villain films, it's it's so like a petulant child, isn't it? Like, yeah. what do you mean we can't have if we can't have Spider Man on our own? Because obviously the Marvel thing, fine. What have we got? <laughs> well, we've sort of got all the villains, fine. Then we're going to make them. No, but they're not going to make any money. I don't care. We're making them. What have it's we got? Spite, pure yeah, spite. It feels constantly like look, Carnage made not Carnage, sorry, uh, Venom and mm. and what's it? Of you know, then the Venom sequel, let there be Carnage made money. Mm. Fine. I don't like either of them. I think they're both rubbish. But not my. Let me put this way. Yeah. Not my. Not my. Bang. favorite films yeah not my kind of stuff yeah haven't seen morbius but then you see like they're gonna do craven and these things and that like, madam web like you're just like yeah because because an elderly woman who can't leave her chair who is also <laughs> blind makes for an exciting film it, it's just like some poor sod who's on the writing staff at sony's been handed these and it's just like oh god like what what do i do with this so yeah it just feels like Spe- a speaking child. of uh speaking of sony and CinemaCon and and uh, obscure characters getting films. Olivia Wilde was just handed like <gasps> divorce papers or like, no, or, like um, custody, custody papers, papers. Yeah. At, at on stage while she was delivering something. Now she is supposedly the director of the Spider Woman movie that's yeah. coming out. Um, there's not there's not been an official announcement. No one's been cast or anything. It's not even been said she's officially directing. Yeah. I think they're still kind of working on it. But fucking hell, the the brazen balls on that person delivering those papers. It was um. It was delivered by her ex-husband. What's his name? Ted Lasso. Um, Sudeikis. What, he delivered them himself? Apparently. No. That's what I... I may be completely wrong. I think you're making that up. I I think it was like, you know, I think it's like, you know, uh, you've been served kind of those kind of papers. Yeah, she can't avoid him. So that's that's ballsy. But I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess that's when you do it, to be honest. But also, I don't know if it's a bit heartless or a bit like... Right. Okay. Whatever. But, <laughs> but like for me, why is Sony like people like Spider Man? They like yeah. Spider Man characters. Look at Into the Spider Verse. People are very pumped for that film that has just been delayed yet again. Mm. Um, 
unfortunately, but I know they're delaying it so it can be a better film, so it better be bloody good that they've delayed it this much. Um, but why are we not seeing the ultimate alternate Spider-People? Why aren't we seeing, like, Mayday Parker? Why aren't we seeing the Sp- Spider-Man India or yeah. 2099 or Spider-Man Noir or a, P- a Peter Porker film, you know, yeah. or, or a short or something, a Gwen Stacy, you know, a, Mar- a more Miles Morales, like a live-action Miles Morales. Fucking hell, give me something like that. You know, it makes more sense than just going, we've got villains. Yeah. What, like, what's, what are they going to do? Like, just, I, I just don't know what, they, they always just seem to want to like put villains together for some reason, like the Sinister Six. I'm convinced, right? And I, because I, they obviously, you know, Carnage, not Carnage, sorry, Venom sort of mm. like entered the MCU and then left the MCU pretty sharpish. Mm. Um, I almost think, again, going back to this sort of notion of them being a petulant child. It's almost not like, like, well, if you know, if we can't have Spider Man, then the MCU can't have Morbius because we're creating our own version. They can't have Craven because we're doing our own version. Uh, it feels like they're going to use them so they can't be used <laughs> elsewhere. That's what it just, feels like. Just to keep the rights. Just to keep the yeah, rights. Certainly. That's all it. Because they don't, I think, if I'm right, if I remember rightly, they don't necessarily have to make a film, but it needs to be in production. So they yes. need to begin production on a film. And then they can just be like, oh, we don't want to make that. Like that—that that would help them keep the rights. Yeah, that some something needs to be in the production every few years. Unfortunately, yeah. that's what they do with. It, you see a horror film. Yeah. That's why, yeah, that's why Halloween. Well, that's why Halloween. Yeah, that's and, well. and, and Hellraiser. Those films always get sort of like stuck in. We get every right, every rights limbo. <laughs> yeah, every every couple of years we get a, a terrible Hellraiser film, and they're like, ah, but we still have the rights. And at one point, <laughs> you're like, yeah, but nobody wants to see them anymore because they're all crap. <laughs> it's worth nothing. Yeah. Anyway, that's a complete tangent, but we'll, we shall see. But I do think there's, I do think there's more legs for for Moon Knight in the uh, the MCU, and I do think we're going to see it. Yeah. Um, you're right. I'm not going to spoil anything. I think we, you no. said we can't really speculate onto the next episode. It's the finale. It's coming next week. Sure. I'm, I'm massively excited for it. Hmm. Um, we're going into my sort of my. I ain't gonna lie. It's my last week at work. I'm moving jobs. Oh right. Excellent. Um, Very exciting then. It is, but you know, it means I've, I, you know, I should really be sort of logging on in the morning if I'm a little late in my last week because I'm watching Moon Knight. Oh mate, my last, my last day, I just put the telly on. I work from home, twelve hours shift. <laughs> I pretty much just watch telly all day. I was like, what are they going to do? <laughs> That's it. We shall, yeah, yeah. I'm not going, I'm not going to admit anything on the podcast to be perfectly honest before the no. week's out. But just, you know, fair enough. Yeah. My, one of my one of my uh, bosses was uh, asking about hobbies we do, and I was like, oh well, I do a podcast. He was like, well, what on? I was like, mostly cult films and stuff. He's like, oh, listen, same day I got a pay rise, so. <laughs> Coincidence? I don't Swings know. Swings and roundabouts. Swings and yeah. roundabouts. Who knows? That's it. <laughs> anyway, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, finally getting you on for this episode. So thank you very much. Uh, I was. On. It was well worth the wait. Uh, honestly, I've had I've had an absolute blast, and I'm glad it was this episode. I, I like to speak positively about things when I can. Yes. And uh, and I love this episode. So yeah. Yeah. What an episode. That's been fantastic. But you know, before you go, where can people find you, and where can people hear you? Oh, so. I'm currently not on Facebook. My page has been unpublished. I saw, yeah. So don't go there because you won't find it. Um, The links are still active. I don't think you can see it. I don't know why. I think maybe because I share the links on on various related groups that maybe they might think I'm a spammer or something Mm. or that maybe my... I didn't have the right type of page. I'm still trying to figure out. They've told me nothing. They just went, your page has been unpublished, so fuck you. Anyway, um, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Dan underscore Bores. And on Instagram, it's Spider Dan Secret Bores, which is owned by the same company. So you'd think they'd have the same. Yeah. 
the same thing. It is linked. They are definitely linked. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, also you can just go on my website, spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. That's B-O-R-E-S. I cover kind of cult films and comic books and all sorts of very weird and wacky stuff. So uh, not that this is like the most mainstream stuff I do is things like this. Um, so like Boba Fett and Moon Knight. So if you want a, a walk on the wild and the weird side, uh, just head over to my website. There you go. Well, I think what you had to say, one of your most recent ones, uh, well, your very recent one, you did an anthology yes. horror films. Um, you dipped into the Amicus pool, and I, I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Amicus. So I know, I know. I, uh, I enjoyed, I'm enjoying that. Sort of. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. I love it. I love a bit of anthology horror. I'm very much like I'm all up for kind of short, short form horror. So, uh, so yeah, we, me and Dennis had a great ball there. Um, again, lots of weird stuff. We did a weird movie, sex scenes. Me and Ben recently. <laughs> Um, and I was talking about Moon Knight on his YouTube ch channel, uh, the Tension Seeking Geek. So check that out as well. Um, but yeah, lots of weird and wacky stuff, like 130 plus episodes. And there's stuff on Patreon as well. If you want to pay for it, it's there as well. Um, awesome. But yeah, but no, it's been great uh, podcasting you. This, I think this is our first podcast, mm. just one on one. Um, and this has been a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm sure you are of me. I am. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's been, all, it's been, it's all been the other. Time. All the other great people at Comics in Motion and adjacent to Comics in Motion are brilliant people. Oh, that comics adjacent, yeah, Comics in Motion adjacent. That's where we'll yes. <laughs> that's where we sit. I think yeah. we yeah. sit on that little, and and I'm very happy to be there in that position. Uh, but check out everybody else who's you know adjacent or fully involved with Comics in Motion as well. Amazing community. I'm so happy to be a part of it, even in a small way. It's brilliant. So yeah, thank you very much for having me. No. Thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, no, this will be the first of many. We will do some more because I've got like, you know, obviously with my format, I'd love to talk to you about you. I'd love to get you on the Desert Island comics. Oh, yeah, that, that would be a great one, actually. Yeah. And oh, we'll yeah, do that at some point. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us at the Midnight Mission. This has been for episode five. There's one episode left uh, of Midnight. So, you know, Midnight. So it's the exciting finale. So in the next episode, we will be talking about that. And um, I will be as giddy as a schoolboy, mm. giggling like mad. Let's hope it's good. Mm. Uh, have you got a Have you got a guest yet? Have we got. Have you locked down? No, anybody? no, nobody yet. I'm going to put it out. I'm mm. hoping to get maybe like a bit of a panel. We'll see, you know, for Ooh, the okay. finale. We'll see. If we can okay. get. We'll see what happens. I may. I may be available. I may be available. If 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 I'll uh, I'll see what my schedule looks like. I don't have much of a life, so possibly I will be available. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll Brilliant. see. But I will let you know. Promise not to cancel. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that's everything. We'll see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. And we should talk again soon.